Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. The easiest way to connect with us from right where you are is by downloading our free Real Life Community app from your app store. You can also find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. That scripture... Ephesians 2.10 is one of my favorite ones. And I want that scripture to just kind of sit down in your minds. We're going to be getting, picking it back up a little later. But for we are God's handiwork. God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus which, for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, um, I want to back up a little bit from the actual sermon this morning and ask for your help in a way. Uh, This isn't part of the sermon, but uh, just kind of some self-disclosure this morning. Uh, It's been a long week for me. Uh, It's been a hard week to focus on uh, scripture study and bringing the word and these kinds of things. And as I've been reflecting on what we're about to do here, uh, I I thought I'd do a little just coaching moment here for us. Uh, Because sometimes we might think uh, that the sermon act is, is basically on me, right? To bring, bring the word and for, for me to just kind of like, I'm responsible for like feeding, right? And making sure that we all get fed and opening up the scriptures and stuff. And I do have a responsibility in this for sure. But what happens here on Sunday mornings when we open up the scripture together is not just a one-way kind of communication thing. This if it means anything every week, not just this week, is always a joint effort, okay? And here's what I mean by that. Um, I'm gonna be responsible every week or whoever's bringing the message to do the prayer and the study and, and trust in God to speak through me and I'll bring the vocal part of it, right? But that's only a certain percentage of the actual, um, the actual goodness and transformative power of what can take place during the time when we're opening up the scriptures together. The rest of it is coming from that direction, right? It's, it's where you guys come in with a heart that's prepared for worship. And when we sit down and we open up the scriptures, that your heart and your mind and your bodies and souls, you're praying, God, I trust that you have something for me to hear today. And listen, if you're praying that kind of prayer, and as we're, as we're walking through the scriptures together, that's your prayer, then no matter what is coming out of my mouth up here, there's a good chance that God is going to speak to your heart, right? Even if it's just with the scripture that's being read. This is why, this is crazy dynamic, this is why um, I would, sometimes I would get up like Charlotte, for example, uh, I would get up and lay a total egg of a sermon. I mean, I'd get up and say a whole bunch of things that didn't make any sense at all, and Charlotte would come up to me every once in a while and say, that was so powerful, Eric. God spoke to me just like he was sitting right next to me, and you know why that happened? 
It's not because of any eloquent words that I said. It's because Charlotte came with her part. And she said, God, whatever you want to speak to me today, I'm open. And God, when we come to him like that, not just in the sermon kind of moment, but in life in general, is capable of speaking through donkeys. That's in the Bible. Through rocks, that's in the Bible. Through bushes, that's in the Bible. Through sunsets and sunrises, through the stars, through God can speak through anything. So, I just, full disclosure, first service I had about 10% that I could bring to the table. This service is probably seven. (laughs) I've done it one time, I'm limping already. I'm going to do the best I can, but I need a little extra this morning, okay? If, if only you listen to the scripture. And that's all. God will speak. So let me read it. Galatians chapter 6 verses four and five, and this comes from the paraphrased version of the message. He says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work that you have been given and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Now, that will speak all by itself. But let me say a few words about it. Uh, we, uh, we look at this as we're getting into this series on discovering your shape and Paul just like shoots us right out of the gate. Let's take an honest look and explore who God made you to be. There is no one else in the whole world that's quite exactly like you. Find the work that he has for you and then sink yourself into that. Now, Paul says those things positively, like that's what you're supposed to be doing. But then in the middle of this passage, he talks about a couple of things that that can become ruts in our life. Some ways that we can fall off the road that God has laid for us and land in a ditch or, or get sidetracked on a journey maybe that's not our journey, it's somebody else's journey or somebody else, some other group's journey, some other story. And so Paul tries to recognize a few of those ways that we can get sidetracked and, and just call those out for what they are. Here are a few of the ways, by the way, the question really in this whole series that we're trying to help you answer is a question that all of us as human beings ask from time to time, what am I here for? What is my life supposed to be about? What, what, is, what is the mark that I want to leave on the world? What is my purpose? What do I have to contribute into this world? What kind of legacy do I want to leave in the time that I have here on earth? We ask this question, right? If you've never asked this question, I want to encourage you, ask this question. It's really important. You don't want to go through your whole life and never have reflected on what is my life supposed to be about? What am I here for? What is my purpose? 
So everything that we're going to be talking about is going to help us hone in on that. Paul really begins to say, here, let's, let's focus on this. Look at who God made you to be. But there are a few ways that we can try and find our purpose or our value or our worth in the world in some ways that are not totally helpful. And the first one that I want to talk about today and we'll just have to jump through these slides, just keep hitting the space bar or the arrow button or whatever until the words show up. Uh, ways we seek meaning, value, and purpose. The first one, this was ways that we do it that aren't helpful, is that we tend to compare ourselves. So Paul says, real just bluntly, do not compare yourself with others, right? When you're seeking to find your purpose and your place in the world, don't say, here's my place. How does that compare with somebody else? Now, this is something that is so easy for us to fall into from a very early age. I wonder if you can remember the first time that you compared your life with somebody else's life. I was thinking about that uh, this morning, actually. I was thinking, hey, when was that first time? And I think the first time I remembered comparing my life and maybe what I had uh, or my, my life uh, with somebody else's was when I noticed that my friend down the street had a motorized big wheel. And I didn't, uh, right? And, and, and so from that, I was probably four years old or something, and I recognized my life doesn't look exactly like his life. I wish my life looked like his life looked, right? Uh, and, and then a few other times, like I noticed that a kid had a, had a Star Wars Millennium Falcon uh, big toy, and I only had the little action figures, and I, I started comparing. And, and then in school, I remember uh, I was a pretty good student, but I would get my report card, and then I would look, and my best friend just happened to be the best student in the school. And so I get my report card and my first question was what he get right there's something and I haven't had time this week to explore the depths of this but there's something in our human probably fallen nature that leads us to want to size ourselves up against other people to other people. Maybe it's in a profession, your profession. How am I measuring up with every other teacher or counselor or leader or widget maker or whatever? Or maybe, maybe you're a stay-at-home parent and man, are, are we ever tempted to compare ourselves with somebody else's who, who seems like they can do the parenting better? Or maybe you're in school and you're a student and you know what it is to compare or in sports or whatever and, and you're looking at somebody, maybe it's not even a real person, right? Maybe you're going through the grocery checkout line and you see a magazine cover and you know that it's a Photoshopped person and that they don't actually look like that and yet it's so easy for us to fall into, I don't look like that, maybe I should look like that, right? And this is so easy for us to fall into this trap of comparing ourselves to others. Sam mentioned last week when Clayton was kind of interviewing him up here how, how much of a temptation in our social media world it is to like find our value in how many likes we get from other people or how our pictures of desserts are comparing to other pictures of desserts on Instagram when they go through the filter and like those kinds of things. How it's such a temptation to try and find our value and our worth and our place in this world by measuring ourselves against other people. Sam was talking about this like it's a teenage problem, but all the adults in the room, is this a teenage problem? No. Everybody deals with this kind of stuff. It's so easy to get sucked into comparing. And just real uh, simply and, and, and carefully this morning, I want to say to you, especially if you struggle with this, 
If you are spending your life looking for your purpose or your value or your worth in how you measure up to other people, you are walking a dead end. This is a dead end journey. You will never find your value and your worth and your unique place in life by looking at what other people are doing and measuring yourself against that, okay? So comparing, that's one of the postures that we can get in that's not helpful when we're looking for our purpose, a, a rut that we can fall into. Another thing uh, that we can jump into, which is kind of a close cousin to comparing, is competing. It's the same kind of thing where we're looking at somebody else and we're seeing what they're doing and we're measuring ourselves up. But competing has this extra edge that gets thrown into it where you're like not just comparing, but you're wanting to win, right? It's not just how do I measure up against that person. It's I want to make sure that I'm better than on top of, that I'm looking for a way to make sure that I come out on top. And guys, there are so many scenarios in our life where we can get into that rut and work that, that thing out in our profession, in our careers, where we're trying to get ahead, in, in our neighborhood, where we're trying to have the best yard, which that's mine, on the, on the cul-de-sac, or we're trying to have the nicest house or whatever, or like whatever, you know, that's confession there this morning. Uh, so uh, we can get into that rut of competing, of trying to be the best, but listen, by the way, let me just say this, competing has a place in the world. It's like, around Pictionary and on the baseball field and like game seven of the finals, which is, you know, or like the playoffs, which we'll watch tonight. Those kinds of places, competition is healthy and good unless you take it to the extremes that Ashley does and then it gets really unhealthy. And uh, so, uh, but, but in most normal people's life with a healthy level of competition, uh, this is good. Uh, but life, life, listen, life is not a competition. Life is not a competition. We don't win when somebody else is losing. In the human experience, the only way we win is when everybody wins. Somebody came up to me after the service and told me that that's, a, that's the way Bruce Springsteen ends all of his concerts. Uh, remember, we only win when everybody wins. So Bruce Springsteen slinging a little truth uh, at his concerts. This is the reality that if you want to um, find your purpose, it will, that God has given you, it will come in a way that lifts everyone up together. Life isn't a competition. Journey together with others, lift them all up. Another ditch that we can fall into if we're looking for our unique purpose and place in this world and the way that we can jump into God's kingdom work. The third thing here is that we uh, can jump into and fall into conforming. And this is just like cuts it off at the knees. If you're looking for your unique purpose and place in this world, the minute you say, I'm gonna be like everybody else in this way, then you've, you've, let that go. You've allowed yourself to just um, to relinquish God's unique way that he has formed you and made you. I wonder if you can remember the first time in your life that peer pressure became real for you. Uh, or, or the first time in your life that you like noticed, I remember being maybe in sixth grade and noticing that like eight out of 10 of my friends had Nike shoes on and mine came from Kmart. And, uh, and the pressure of having a swoosh on my feet, uh, you know. There are an untold different arenas in our life where there's pressure for us to look like 
believe like, uh, fit in like everybody else. Um, even the most nonconformist of groups have at their roots a deep level of wanting to make sure everybody conforms, right? Uh, there's just something going on. But I want to encourage you to step outside of that. Don't compare. Don't compete. Don't conform. And again, all of these words, these C words kind of come out of what Paul's saying. He says straight up, don't compare yourselves with others. And then he said, don't get kind of an inflated view of yourself. Uh, I can't remember the exact language that he puts it in the message, but don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. So like, don't compete, get yourself up there. But then he also says, if we could go to this, uh, that verse, that passage again, Uh, He says, let me read it again, thinking about conforming, make a careful exploration, and I've got some italics here, of who you are. Not everybody else, not the group that you like to belong to, not the way that your friends are, the language they're all using, or the way they're all dressing, or the journeys that they're all on, you Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. There's the language for the competing. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Your own life. There is an emptiness to conforming. You are not going to find your purpose in the world by trying to look like everyone else. God made you unique. And this is where Paul connects here with a consistent theme of Scripture that you and I are unique creations of God. No two of us are exactly alike. And each one of us has a place and purpose in this world. I want to go back and revisit that Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, uh, verse that we saw at the end of the video, for we are God's handiwork. Another translation of scripture, the New Living Translation version, says God's masterpiece. It's like God was an artist, and you, each one of you, are a masterpiece of his creation. You have been created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Our value doesn't come from how we measure up or if we can get ahead or if we can fit in. It comes from the reality that we have been made, created by God who loves us so much just because he made us. Listen, this is so important. For those of you seeking some value, like Sam was talking about last week, that's common to all of us, this is where it exists. It doesn't come, your value as a human being doesn't come from your accomplishments or how few times you failed or how you measure up to other people or whether or not you're winning in life or whatever kind of nebulous thing there is. Your value simply comes today as a result of the fact that you have been shaped and created and fashioned and formed by your loving heavenly father and that like guys that's enough god loves you so much just as you are even at your worst that he gave his only son for you 
that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life and wouldn't perish, have that eternally, God loves you that much even when you're at your worst because he made you, right? This is where our value comes from. And so this is also where we can begin to find that road that God has fashioned for us. If he made us, then he's got a plan for us. He's got a purpose for us. And so our lives, and I wanna go to this next slide here real quick, Sarah. Uh, Our lives, uh, we don't find our purpose and our design and our shape and the place that we plug in by these things. Instead of comparing and competing or conforming, we're invited to begin contributing God's unique and good creation of ourselves in love to the world for the glory of God. Can that just be kind of like the like if a runner was was sitting down in the in the blocks getting ready to run a race here over these next few weeks as we explore our shape? Can that be our starting point? We're not going to figure out what this race looks like in our life unless we start here instead of comparing, competing, or conforming we begin looking to contribute who God has made us to be, where God has placed us, with all the experiences and the heart and the ability and the passions and and the spiritual gifts that God has poured into our lives and made us just so, to set that down in the world and begin contributing what you only can contribute into this world. That's what we're gonna be exploring together over the next few weeks. Now, This morning, uh, the sermon's basically done, but what I would like to do is I'd like to take you through a little survey together. So there there are 11 questions to the survey. Probably most of these uh, services will have some sort of questionnaire or mailing that we send you ahead of time because we really want this to be kind of an interactive journey over the next five or six weeks. As we explore, you don't want to just listen to me talking. We want you to try and apply this and and really explore who God made you to be like the scripture had told us this morning. So we're going to do a little bit of a survey this morning. Sarah, walk through these. Uh, I've got my instructions uh, on the screens here. Okay. So survey questions. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull out my phone. If you've got a phone, just pull out your calculator because you're going to need to tally up your score of this inventory. If you don't have a phone uh, that has a calculator on it, we have note cards on the rows and pens in the backs of the chairs. You can grab those. And all you have to do is be able to add 11 simple numbers together. So you can do this. Um, So here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to make a statement. It's going to be on the screens. And I want, you to, I want to invite you to answer on a scale from three to one. Three being, yes, that describes me. Two being, uh, maybe, I think, sometimes. And one would be, I don't even understand what that sentence means. Uh, no, uh, right? So a scale of three to one. Um, if you're like way off the charts on a no, you could maybe write a zero too. If you're like, seriously, I have zero concept of what that even looks like or means. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go there. Uh, okay, so 11 questions. Here we go. We're gonna work through this together. Number one, my unique God-given purpose in life is clear. So if you're like, yeah, man, I'm tracking. I know exactly what it is. I've got a one-sentence mission statement with one strong action verb and smart goals and like all that kind of stuff, then uh, you're, you're like, okay, write a three. But if you're not so sure or you don't know, a two or a one, okay. Um, second question or, or statement. My spiritual gifts are being expressed. So if you could name your top three spiritual gifts right now, 
uh, and you say, yeah, I know exactly what those are and I know what they mean, three. If you're like, I think I took a test one time and I think this might be on the list, it's maybe two. If you're like, what's a spiritual gift? One, right? It's okay. And, and, and be honest. And you're not going to turn these in. This is for you. We're just trying to get a starting point, kind of where we're going to begin our journey from for you uh, in your life because finding your purpose is so important. Uh, next statement. My passions are being utilized for God. So we all have things we're passionate about. Are those things that you're passionate about being utilized for the purposes of God in the world? Three to one. All right, moving on. My natural abilities are being used to serve others. So like those things that you just were born with, like you're just better at these things than other people, you know, like natural abilities. Are you using those abilities to serve other people? Next one. My personality is helping me serve others. So if you're like, man, I know my Myers-Briggs test. I know my whatever inventory you took at one time, you know, and I know how that's, and it's being used to serve others. Three, if, you know, you know the continuum. There you go. My personality is helping me serve others. Next one. My purpose capitalizes on many of my experiences. So this means that wherever you're at in life right now and wherever you're serving, are you taking advantage of what, of the story that God has written into your life up to this point? You have experiences that nobody else has the exact same mix of experiences you do. Are you utilizing those and, and capitalizing on them for where your purpose is being worked out? Next, my life is completely surrendered to God. Like whatever God has for me, I'm there. Guys, this is such a critical part of the survey. Again, be honest here. Nobody's looking at your answers. Um, just give you a starting point. Where are you at today? Next statement. My attitude and actions reflect a servant heart. So thinking about attitude and actions. Notice all these serving words, right? Uh, there's a theme here that's beginning to develop. Next slide. My accountability to others is consistent. Do you have people that are walking with you and who are helping keep you accountable to your purpose and your journey and how you're supposed to be contributing in your life? Are they calling you out when you begin comparing or competing or, uh, or conforming or, or tripping up in other ways? Again, three to one. All right, next slide. We're almost there. My schedule shows how I'm investing in others. Look at your calendar. Scale of three to one. How does your calendar show that you are investing in others? And Sarah, is there one more question? One more statement. My plan to fulfill my purpose from God is set. So not only do you know what the plan is, but I, I know what my, you know what your purpose is, but I have a plan to actually implementing that purpose uh, or I'm working that out actively right now. 
All right, so that's it. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to do some math. So if you're a calculator person, equal. Uh, if you have it written down on a paper, you got to tally those up or steal somebody else's phone and calculate it uh, up that way. So here we go. And then I want to take you through three different categories that you might fall into. Now, let me say a word about inventories. Inventories are not the gospel. Uh, you don't have to walk out of here and say, well, that's where I landed on the inventory. So that was, must be like absolutely the absolute final word on where I am and where I'll always be. Inventories are a tool to help us recognize some realities about where we are. Here at our church, we're real concerned, not just with where you are, we're concerned with the journey that you're moving in the right direction, right? So there are people, we're all over the map probably as a result of this inventory. It doesn't matter. The important thing is that you're saying today, I'm, I'm gonna figure this out with God's help. I'm gonna journey together. I'm gonna bring my life before God and begin to explore how he made me and be faithful to the scripture that we read this morning. So the inventory just helps you figure out kind of where's a starting point so that you can over time look at maybe some of the areas that you want to work on, grow in, ask the Spirit to help you in, right? Does that make sense? Okay, so well, let's walk through these real quick. Um, about done this morning. The first thing is if you scored 25 or more points, then you would be described as someone who has a focused kingdom purpose, good job for you, right? Uh, these are all the people that, you know, have been through the spiritual gifts inventory, have explored themselves, they've figured out the work, and they've set themselves out to do it, and they're doing their creative best in that. Um, there, if, listen, if you scored a 33 by, by, by um, I'm losing words. If you scored a 33, uh, I want to talk to you afterwards because you're preaching next week. I just want you to know that. Uh, you've got the sermon next week. But if you're 25 to 33, you're tracking great. But listen, none of us, even if you scored a 33, is done, right? We all, no matter how long we've been walking with Jesus, how much we've explored about who we are and how God knit us together, there's always a new experience that gets added to the mix. There's something new that God's equipping us with, some new opportunity that we have. So there's always room to grow and explore. Are you with me on this? You guys with me? Okay. Um, the next thing. If you scored 15 to 25 points, this would be uh, indicative that you have a fragmented kingdom purpose, that you're in fits and starts, that there are some times when you find yourself like engaged in a ministry or activity or a work and you're like, this is what I was made for, but it's just inconsistent and you jump in and out of it and, and like you're not always engaged in those kinds of things. And so we've got some work to do. Maybe it's learning some spiritual gifts or paying attention to past experiences or paying attention attention to the kind of heart and passions that God shaped us with or whatever. We'll explore all those things and we want to help move you into a focused kingdom purpose over the next few weeks. And finally, if you landed in the zero to 15 points, uh, this would be indicative of that you have a frustrated kingdom purpose, that you are struggling with what that is. Listen, it's okay. Don't be discouraged if you land in this, in this tier here the reality is we're giving you an opportunity together. We're going to journey this together the next few weeks. We're going to give you an opportunity to faithfully explore all of these things that we've been talking about, how God made you. And our hope is, and my belief is, that if you'll give yourself to this work, that over the next few weeks, you'll be able to look back, and this will have been a real fruitful time in your life, 
that with God's help, you were able to explore the way he shaped you and knit you together so that you can find that road that he has paved for your life and sit down on it and begin to invest in it and contribute to the world in love for the glory of God. Will you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you that each one of us has been fearfully and wonderfully made. Scripture tells us that your works are wonderful. Help us, God, to know that full and well. God, over the next few weeks, even today, uh, we recognize that there are no amount of inventories or tests or surveys that we can take that will ultimately get us to the bottom of the depth of who you've shaped us to be but you know us inside and out. You know every hair on your, our head. You know what's going on in the depths of our soul. You know the purposes and plans for which you created us in Christ. You know what those good works are that you have prepared in advance for us to do. And so God, we are trusting this process to you. Each person in this congregation uh, we want to offer up our lives to you. We want to open up ourselves to you and ask that your spirit would help to enlighten and shine just a, a spotlight on our life to help us to see why you have put us here. We thank you, God, that you're a God who loves us regardless of our success, how we measure up, or what place or stage we're on in the journey, that, that you just love us, and we pray that you'd help us to um, today, sit down in that embrace and enjoy us. Continue to walk with this congregation this week, all these families. And we pray these things in the good, strong name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. Would you